This is the Find Your Focus podcast with Goals Classroom. We chat with inspiring and creative entrepreneurs to encourage, empower, and equip you to take the next steps in your photography business. We want you to leave each episode with actionable steps so that you can gain confidence, book your calendar, and earn more income with your passion. So grab some coffee or your drink of choice and let's get to it. everyone. I'm Logan Fay and the host of the Find Your Focus podcast with Cole's Classroom. Today, I'm talking to Terry Baskin of Terry Baskin Photography. She's a photographer and an educator who has created a one-of-a-kind client experience. She shares with us how she found her frosting. You might be wondering what that means. It's Terry's way of saying, find what makes you stand out. That one thing you are really good at that you can amplify to stand out in a saturated market. Something that I really love about this interview is that she not only tells us how she stands out in a saturated market, but she also tells us how to find our frosting. So let's dive into this interview with Terry. Terry, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm so excited to be here. I love that one of your popular presentations focuses on how to authentically stand out in a saturated market because it's definitely something that every photographer can relate to. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) I know that when I first started photography, it always came to my mind, like how on earth am I supposed to stand out with everyone else, you know, also being a photographer? Absolutely. I I get it. I was, I've been there. I've been there. So I get it. Yes. So before we dive into that topic, can you kind of give us a little bit of background information on how you became a photographer and how you found your niche? Yeah, absolutely. So Growing up, my dad was a wedding photographer, and so I've been around photography. You know, as cliche as it sounds, I've been around photography like my entire life. I was always like the friend with the camera. But yeah, so my dad was a wedding photographer, and when I was little, I would remember him like leaving on a Saturday morning to go take photos at a wedding and then him coming back like Saturday afternoons and he would have like a slice of wedding cake for me. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like back in the day where, I mean, even though like film has kind of, you know, made its way back and it's popular, it was back in the day when that was pretty much all we had was film photos. So he's like old school, but I would see him like develop photos in his dark room and yeah, but it was the days before, before we spent like all evening at a reception. He would literally go (laughs) ceremony, cake cutting, and he's back home before dark. So that's what I remember. And so from kind of following him and watching him, I guess unknowingly developed like a passion for photography. You know, I always had the camera as a kid. And when I finished grad school, I bought myself a camera. And that's kind of like I guess, history, as you say, I Mm -hmm. started taking pictures for just friends and it was more of like something I just enjoyed doing. And then it just kind of turned into one event after another. And then that turned into my first wedding. And so now here we are. Oh, wow. I bet your dad is, it's really special that you were able to, you know, kind of follow in his footsteps. I bet he's really proud of that. He's super proud. He's so proud. It's funny. <laughs> and what fun memories to grow up seeing him shooting with film and getting to see that side of photography and, you know, how much it's evolved over the past 10, 20 years. Oh my gosh, yes, I know. It's definitely evolved. But yeah, it was it was cool. Now that I think about it at the time, I didn't put much thought into it. But now thinking mm-hmm. back, like, yeah, it was actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that is really neat to be able to grow up watching 
your dad do something that you now have a, a strong passion for. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So I noticed that one of the titles for a presentation that I guess is pretty popular for you on standing out in a saturated market is titled, What is Your Frosting? which really grabbed my attention. And I'm sure that's the point of the, of the title, but I instantly wanted to know more. So can you kind of tell us a little bit more about that title? Yeah, well, I'm glad it was attention grabbing. <laughs> um, but that title, it actually came from like a metaphor of like doing more, like doing, doing like more than enough. Like a few years ago, like I had a manager that would always say, whenever we were working on a project, she would say like, all right, let's add some more icing to it, meaning let's level up this project and make Mm -hmm. it our best. And so when I started to kind of educate photographers and start to give talks that I was reminded of her saying, you know, um, a way to level up is to put more icing on it. And so it just reminded me of like for weddings or wedding photographers Every wedding we go to, there's usually like a cake, right? There's some kind of cake display, a dessert display, and they're usually different from wedding to wedding. So Mm -hmm. weddings are typically standard and like the activities that happen. But then when you get to the reception, it's like the cake, the guests are going to take pictures of the cake. The cake has different frosting on it, different designs on it. And I was like, you know what, though, the cake is usually one of the standout pieces in a reception. And so the what's your frosting kind of came from that cake metaphor, like what, what can you do to stand out? Like what? Yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's kind of where it came from. I like, love it. It definitely yeah. grabbed my attention when, when I was looking through your website. <laughs> Thank you. So it seems like everyone and their friend, like I said, is a photographer these days, which can kind of create a very (laughs) saturated market. So what Mm -hmm. advice do you have for someone in regards to finding their frosting? Gosh, um, you know, I felt like I found my frosting when I accepted the fact that like I didn't have to be exactly like whoever it is I was learning from. So like, if you think of like some of the bigger name photographers or educators out there, how we tend to want to be like them, which is not a bad thing because that's inspirational, but um, I wanted to like implement things in my business that I wanted my clients to recognize me for Mm -hmm. and that were unique to me. And so just realizing like just kind of putting me into my business, more of me and putting me authentically into my business and not really, you know, trying to mimic what somebody else was doing, I think is what has what helped me. And so I would tell someone else kind of like hone in on like your strengths, like what you're really, really good at doing and you maximizing those in your business and making sure you are presenting that those type of strengths to like your ideal client as a way to stand out. Definitely. Yeah. It's really hard when you, especially when you're first starting out and trying to find your style and all of that, it's really hard to not compare yourself to other people and to not be like, Oh, I really like that style of editing. I want to try to recreate that. Yeah. That's definitely something that I know a lot of photographers struggle with and it's really important to find your frosting. What makes you stand out in a, in a saturated market? 
So looking at all of your success, it's clear that you have found a way to stand out (laughs) in a saturated market. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you stand out from other photographers and I guess why clients choose you? Well, (laughs) I credit like why my clients choose me back to some of the goals I set early on in my business. So what I wanted to do in my business, like one of my early business goals was to have a referral based business. So I've done like ads with publications. I've spent that type of money, but it wasn't really drawing the type of client that I was hoping to work with. Mm -hmm. And so I figured out that, you know, once I finally landed like the ideal client, I had to really just do my best, right? Just really kill it for their client experience so that they would talk about me to their friends and family. And so from there, just really rocking it out for my ideal clients, allowed them to talk about me to their friends and family, which put me in front of their networks without me necessarily having to force myself in front of their networks. And so, yeah, so it just turned into each client started referring their friends or family to me, which turned into another referral and another referral. Mm -hmm. But it was really just me just really taking care of them, making sure they had an amazing client experience with me. And I think that goes back to kind of the workflow I have in place, making sure that each and every client felt special and felt like they were kind of sort of like my only client, even though they weren't, because they were getting like a level of attention from me that they may not have gotten otherwise. So yeah, so I guess the referrals has been a a way that I've been able to stand out. And that was from just really taking care of my clients and giving them an amazing experience. I love that you say referrals because when you're first starting out and you maybe aren't really getting your ideal client and you are just still trying to, you know, set up either like a referral program or just make an experience really special that they're going to then talk about you're going to continue to get those clients. Mm -hmm. So once you do find your ideal client, (laughs) then you really have to up your game. Definitely. Yeah. 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 I love that you say it that way though, because when you're first, I mean, when you're first starting out, it's hard to, to really find your ideal client and not be like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll take anyone. Yeah. And I mean, granted, like there were a lot of bumps in the road and not in terms of like just having totally bad experiences, but it was just learning lessons from me identifying who wasn't my ideal client. Mm -hmm. And that was sometimes that was after the wedding, like after the fact, I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that again. And so I recognized (laughs) that somebody wasn't the like ideal client for me. I had to just be okay with telling them, I think someone else may be a better fit for you. And that's, you know, I think that takes courage because you look at like, okay, I'm turning down money Mm -hmm. and that may be something that somebody needs in their business. But I recognize that whenever I was able to focus on trying to attract ideal clients and being able to turn down clients that weren't ideal for me, it opened up the door for me to be available when the right client came along. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I I love that you just said that. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that as well. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So with such a saturated market, it's really hard to not compare yourself to other photographers. So how have you managed to stay out of the comparison game either now or when you first started out? 
Oh gosh. I, well, honestly, I like just to be 100% transparent when mm-hmm. I first started, I was guilty of that too. I was, I was guilty of comparing myself to other people. They, there may have been people that weren't even in my market and I was comparing myself to them. And I think one of the things I realized is that everybody has like unique touches and unique things about them. And so I could try and mimic what someone else does in terms of like their style, their editing, how they communicate with their clients. But I realized like if it wasn't true to me, it just didn't feel natural. And I could try and do those exact same things, but not, may not have the same results. So, I mean, it just, it came with, I think the growth and maturity of my business, it came with me giving myself permission to just really be myself. So I've been guilty of it. And if I felt like I couldn't do that part of my business with excellence and really make the client have a great experience, and if it didn't feel natural and authentic to me, I just gave myself permission to to not do something the way someone else did. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably where I saw like the most growth in my business is when I just really started being myself. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. It's so easy to get caught up in what other people are doing, especially with social media, Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook (laughs) and looking at other people's work all the time. But it is, I don't know, just relieving and freeing when you are able to, to let go of all of that. Yeah. And it just, it takes time. I think it's not something that may happen overnight, but I Mm -hmm. think once you start finding the right client and having great experiences with those people. And then they start referring, you know, or whatever the case may be, whatever goals you have for your business. When you start to see those like come alive, I think it helps to keep your focus off of what other people are doing and just kind of focused on what's working for your business. So yeah, definitely. So for someone who's struggling to find their frosting, what is one solid piece of advice that you would have for them? Oh, gosh. I would say find out what your strengths are. And that may mean asking your friends. It may mean asking your family. It may mean asking like past clients, like, what did I do really well? And then just receiving the information that they give and then look for the common theme. If there's anything common, like, you know, such as like your communication was amazing. You respond to emails quickly or your posing. You gave great direction with your posing or I felt like I really knew everything and I felt really prepared for my like my engagement shoot or my wedding day or whatever, like kind of listen to the feedback that you're getting and then take that because obviously that must be a strength take that and just like amplify it like maximize it and do more of it so yeah that's perfect I guess that would be the one piece of advice that I would offer yeah I love it that's definitely helpful for sure so if our listeners want to find you on social media where can they find you Sure. I'm on Instagram at Terry Baskin. So T-E-R-R-I-B-A-S-K-I-N. Facebook, Terry Baskin Photography. Pinterest, Terry Baskin. (laughs) Usually it's always the same (laughs) for all of them, but I like to ask anyway. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Find Your Focus podcast with Cole's Classroom. I hope that you got some great takeaways from this episode that you can apply to your business. 
Make sure to visit colesclassroom.com backslash podcast for the show notes and any links that we talked about during this episode. If you like this episode, head over to iTunes and tap that five-star button and leave us a review.